the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I have two examples, exemplars of people fulfilling Justice Brandeis's quote that we use so often about the most important political office. My co-host this week, Eric Stalter of a new group called Liberty Lap, and we're going to talk more about what they're doing over at Liberty Lap later, and an activist and a former planning commissioner from the city of Huntington Beach, which is kind of a ground zero of the entire um, New World Order, Agenda Agenda 21, anti-single-family houses, and that's happening down there. They're kind of they're kind of the tip of the spear, as mm-hmm. Mike says. Mm-hmm. So let's dive right into it. We have limited time. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. Well, the, the kind of the entree before we get into the, the larger agenda of housing was I heard the story of you had elected a uh, city council member, uh, Tito Ortiz, in the last election in November, and he was kind of portrayed as maybe even kind of assumed the mantle of the local version of, of Donald Trump, willing <laughs> to challenge the establishment and willing to say the things that pe- a lot of people think, but up to this point have been afraid to say, and... What was the what was the reaction to the establishment in Orange County and Huntington Beach to um, Mr. Ortiz? <laughs> well, it was uh, it was a mini version of what they ran against Donald Trump for four years. Uh, as soon as Tito got into office, the city council, in league with their friends in the media, ran what is called the wrap up smear against him uh, every week or two, which is basically that they print a. Uh, false or a stilted story about him that uh, serves their narrative. And then the uh, information is then re-merchandised to all the other newspapers that dutifully reprint it. And it becomes reality when, in fact, uh, they were using him essentially as a deflection for what they, in fact, are doing uh, to the town now. Like for, for examples, what kind of things would they say about him? Oh, they, uh, you know, the latest one that really kind of pushed him over the edge was they accused him of taking unemployment uh, and they didn't. It was a half truth. He had taken the newly instituted uh, self-employed unemployment, the PUA, which he took because his uh, his uh, entertainment work had dried up due to COVID. So he took that, you know, his claim was that he was uh, hurting because uh, all his income had been uh, shortened or killed because of COVID. And he took that to, quote, keep his family fed. But they, somebody at City Hall leaked the unemployment data to an activist who then leaked it to the Orange County Register, which printed it dutifully. Now, ultimately, in fact, just recently and surprisingly, um, Tito Ortiz resigned from the city council after only eight months. Yes. 
And what was there something that led him to make that big decision? Well, I think what the the true story of that uh, is he was a political neophyte. Uh, he saw his uh, entry into politics was we like a lot of cities in California. We had a BLM riot last summer. Uh, there was a number of Huntington Beach citizens that came out and formed a skirmish line at Coast Highway and Main Street and denied the BLM people entry into Main Street, which they wanted to come and do their standard destruction. Uh, Tito was there. Tito saw it had a big effect on him, and he wanted to do more to help the town. It was, I think, a very um, you know excellent response to what happened. He wanted to use his fame and success to help the town, but he didn't really understand local politics and who was in office and who, what the, um, what their motivations and how, uh, you know, how motivated they are to chase out any of the grassroots in this town. Yeah, which, you, uh, uh, they, they have definitely tried to chase me out of town. Now, Tito, uh, we didn't mention is, was a former mixed martial arts fighter. Mm-hmm. Right. So if anybody you want to have as part of your skirmish lineup against the BLMs, it's Tito, it's Tito Ortiz. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. No, he was a, he was good for that. But he so he ran for office. He ran with a couple other folks who are grassroots. Uh, the three of them ran. Uh, Tito got the most uh, number of votes in uh, Huntington Beach history, 42,000. Uh, so obviously his fame really helped him tremendously. But when he got on city council, uh, they started running these kind of false narratives on him uh, to use him again as a distraction for what they're doing in town. He was a convenient foil for them. Uh, and I think he just uh, he just in a, didn't have enough time to catch his breath and it burned him out in six months. Well, that's too bad because it sends the message that to the enemy that that kind of those kind of tactics work. Now I understand they actually end up going after his children, or, they got, or his children got swept up in this. So there is a uh, left wing activist who is uh, her name is Gina Clayton Tarvin. She is on a school board in Huntington Beach. Uh, Tito's kids go to one of the schools in her district. So she has been a reliable propagandist and enemy of Tito since the very beginning. Uh, his kids came to school without masks and they sent them home. And somehow it immediately got to the Orange County Register, which ran a story about it. So that's really how they were coming at his kids. As far as I know, that's the only story there. But uh, but they you know, certainly have, you know, it, it's a question about how the data gets to the paper. We all know, wink, wink, but they never talk about that in public. Yeah, they're all they're all working from the media through the politicians to the activists. They're all working on uh, on the same team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And how do we prop up against that? You know, when when we're in a situation like that get with Tito, for example, how do how does the establishment that Tito is working for prop him up and protect him in the same fashion that they do uh, their players, their their representatives, if that makes any yeah. sense? Oh, sure. Well, the the thing that people have to do that are running for office is they have to work with like minded individuals. And Tito just hadn't formed those connections with people like myself. And there's a number of other grassroots activists that are always willing to help, you know, people like him. We just didn't form those kind of close attachments in time to help him. So we wish we had been working with him for years and we could have helped him, you know, kind of understand what he was going to be up against. Yeah, with a name like his. Yeah, but he jumped in so fast and, and it, you know, his, again, his fame carried him across the finish line by far. So it was just one of those things where we didn't really have enough time to, you know, 
let him know what he would be up against. Sure. Okay. You know, it's just, I'll just make a passing comment. It's, you know, it's too bad you wouldn't have a police department that would form the skirmish line to keep the BLMs from coming in and looting your downtown. Well, we've had a change in police regimes along with change in honey, uh, council regimes. So our council is controlled by a nationally trained left-wing political operative named Kim Carr. She was trained by a group called Emerge California that is Kamala Harris's training group. They've trained mm-hmm. 4,000 women in 15 years, and 700 of them are in office. They are all radicals, as she is. So previous to her being in office, the chief that was in at the time was much more, shall we say, public-centric. He has since retired, and the city council replaced him with a kind of a hand-picked gentleman that doesn't seem to be quite as concerned about the things the former chief was. Yep. Now, as in a lot of California, you see you're battling the stack and pack apartments that the state and the left want to people to no longer own a house. Mm-hmm. They want them to live in these uh, stack and pack apartments so they never acquire any equity, never acquire any wealth. They're just perpetual renters for life. We have that in, out here in Redlands. Uh, how, is that, how is that battle going in Huntington Beach? Well, poorly at the moment, we, again, were the tip of the spear. 2014, the grassroots got together and helped elect a gentleman named Eric Peterson. Uh, He has been probably the greatest grassroots politician that Huntington Beach has ever had. He came in office with a mandate and a promise to kind of re-alter or alter the high-density component in Huntington Beach. Uh, Before he came into office, you could build over 100 units an acre, which was insane. And we have a number of those type of uh, large stack and packs there that are crazy, just too dense. He uh, altered the makeup of what was allowable via setbacks and height restrictions and things like that down to about 35 units an acre, which is reasonable. We all looked at each other and said, this is a reasonable compromise. The problem with that was the developers didn't like it because they want to build as, you know, up to the sky. So the push has been since then to alter the composition of the council in order to get beyond this. And that's exactly what they did. The Chamber of Commerce and the unions, the police and fire unions, have both spent millions of dollars in order to elect people who are much more pliable to the high-density message. And, of course, none of those people will ever, ever, ever live in those high-density apartments. Absolutely not. No. Nor were there children. Children. No. No, definitely not. So what is, now out here in Redlands, we had wisely, uh, back in the 1990s, the voters passed a Measure U, which limits all uh, residential development, except for a couple exceptions, to three stories maximum in town. And we're mm-hmm. really fortunate to, to have that, and we didn't realize it so much at the time, but yes, we were really, really, really fortunate to, to do that. Any thought or any idea of putting a citizen's initiative on the ballot to, uh, to, to um, deal with the problem? Well, it's been discussed. One, one thing we were doing, we have one of the very few elected city attorneys in the state of California. We have, we're also a charter city, which gives us a little more flexibility than non-charter cities do. The, um, Michael Gates is our city attorney. He's been absolutely phenomenal. He's a local hero. Everyone loves Michael Gates. 
except the city council and the developers and a lot of people that are opposing Huntington Beach and what we want to do there. The uh, Michael Gates had been engaged in a lawsuit against SCAG, the regional authority that pushes the arena, the regional housing needs on the towns, which force the housing numbers. Uh, this city council just denied him the ability to sue SCAG. So they have opened the door for 13,000 more units to be built in Huntington Beach. On top of the additional, what is it, 1.3 million? Um, that 1.3 million number is a kind of a fictional number. Everything is derived from an original McKinsey report that advised California to build 3.5 million new units. They said that was the minimum number that would be required to handle the, you know, the expected load. Right. Not sure where they're coming That's from. That's what I wanted to know. Go ahead. Right. The the number 1.3 was a derivation of the 3.5. Okay. So they're all based on fantasy. The I'm going to read something to you. California outflows are massive. 182,000 in 2020 alone, yet the state has never changed their plans or their narrative. Why? We lost a congressman, so we're admitting we've lost uh, citizens there. But this is the narrative from the newspapers today. Quote, state population declines for the first time. That is a lie. When I was in planning on 2015, we had our housing element come up and I researched it and found that every city in Orange County had either declined or flattened their population. It's all declined since then. So again, the media is telling a fanciful narrative saying, oh, this just came out of nowhere. We've never seen this before. It's been happening for five years. Right. What about the homeless issue? I mean, I, I saw there was a video and you, you see the, the iconic Venice Beach. <clears throat> There was a German film crew there, and they were yeah. Everyone in the world knows about Venice Beach, and it <laughs> is a you know what hole because of bad government policy. Mm-hmm. You have a similar situation in Huntington Beach, not as bad as Venice, but it's getting there. So what happened in Huntington Beach? The you know everything leads from the citizens. Citizens complain. Politicians respond. We had uh, a, a growing homeless problem. Uh, nothing was being done about it. They were forcing the city to act. In stepped a gentleman named Judge Carter, who is famous. He just recently informed L.A. that they had certain duties they would have to perform before they could uh, implement anti-vagrancy or camping laws. They did the same thing at Huntington Beach. So Judge Carter ordered Huntington Beach that you could, you had to have a shelter for at least half your homeless population. Not really sure how you get that number, but this was the requirement. So we went through roughly about, I think about $5 million of land purchases. One went uh, upside down because they neglected to check for uh, chemicals and they were, <laughs> there was hexavalent chromium in the land. So they had to uh, get rid of that plan and moved on to one on Beach Boulevard where they've built what looks like a permanent circus tent there. Uh, so now we've overridden that uh, judge mandate, the Judge Carter mandate. And yet people are saying, why aren't they enforcing the law now? Uh, and we're seeing a lot of homeless still, a lot of a lot of really, you know, there's different levels of homeless and they're like, you may see some that look like hikers moving on through, or there's people that are 
looking like the Venice Beach folks who are a little little scarier. We're getting more of those scary type folks, and they don't seem to be enforcing the law, even though we've gone through millions of dollars of you know spending and time and effort uh, in order just simply to enforce the law. Well, you know, the uh, homeless industrial complex is legendary for producing units for house homeless people at 500,000 a unit, 600,000, 700,000 a unit. And of course, that money is going to various political cronies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. We have a councilwoman, uh, Barbara Douglas, who is our kind of, uh, what would you say, our emissary for those groups. Uh, she's always the first one out the door saying that we've got to build houses for homeless. Here are the groups that will build them. Let's get in league with them. Uh, one of the ones is named Mercy House. They're the ones running the homeless shelter, and we're giving them a tremendous amount of money to maintain the circus tent and not utilizing it to full or even limited capacity, to my knowledge. You mentioned something, if I can. You were talking about um, you know all the, all the plans that everybody has to do with the homeless, but one question is that everybody wants to know is, where are they all coming from? Yeah. Why do we now have this massive homeless problem that we were able to manage, I guess, for lack of a better word before? We have a little bit of an answer. So we're the, we're the uh, rehab Riviera in uh, Southern California. So what happens is the rehab companies go out and recruit patients across the country to come to Southern California to rehab for drugs or alcohol problems. They come, they are installed in certain of the residential homes, uh, six people, I think, minimum or six max they can have and not get permits for them. So when you one of these will pop up next to your house, uh, and then they, as soon as their insurance is drained, these people are what is called curbed, where they're kicked out of the house and they become our new homeless because they don't want to go back to Minnesota or Chicago or wherever it was they were recruited from. Okay. They'd rather stay here. So a lot of that uh, is coming from that problem. Okay. Yeah, if you're going to camp out, it's far better to camp out in Southern California at the beach than it is in uh, Chicago in the wintertime. Yeah, it'd be nice to have that luxury, huh? Well, my family came here from New York, so, uh, you know, they, they decamped, but they just had a house, so they didn't, they didn't go homeless. Yeah. We are past time to hear from our sponsor for this half uh, at Hoffman of Summit Funding, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 590, the answer. 
Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show from the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Uh, we're visiting with Mike Hoskinson, an activist and former uh, planning commissioner in, the, in Huntington Beach. And my co-host this week is Eric <laughs> Stalter from Liberty Lap. Eric? You. Earlier, you had, and I didn't know if this was airworthy, but you had mentioned, and I've been seeing this a lot because just talking with people from Orange County, different organizations with Orange County, obviously, as you stated, that you know, you're the tip of the spear. What I guess my question for you, Mike, is being the tip of the spear, how can the rest of the spear join you? Because what's happening with you is going to come to Ukaipa. It's going to come to Redlands. It, it has yeah. in, in all these other places. So how do we uh, sort of trade partners, if that makes sense, right? We come support you, uh, get this going, and then you know we sort of spread that out. You come support us sort of a thing and because we've got to grow that that somehow we can't just say oh orange county is in a state of hell right now hope it you know hope it doesn't come here so. yeah no it's true um well the, the way we can help you is to, to understand how it's not it's not easy to fight uh, it's hard to fight but it doesn't require a lot of people mm. when um eric peterson was elected he had a campaign team of three people and he spent two dollars per vote where the other three winners were all three Chamber of Commerce uh, winners, they spent $22 a vote. Wow. So he was massively outspent, but we were uh, a, a nimble, there was a nimble team of people who understood politics and that were able to direct a larger group of people uh, to help the effort. So it, it, it required planning. There's, um, we went and got some training from a political organization called Campaign for Liberty, and they have a, a thing they said, leaders do three through four things, actually, plan, prepare, act, and evaluate. So we used the training that we had gotten, and we were very disciplined, and we focused, and we got our message out. We were one of the first people that used uh, Facebook. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the, the bad guys figured that out, so they're all over there. So Facebook's kind of a, a dead issue, but then you move on to building lists. You know, you build your email lists. As you guys have a great email list, I'm sure that you send out to folks. So you get your message out and whatever you have to do, and you make sure your message is succinct and tailored uh, and with a lot of uh, direction for people that they can uh, act because you're, you know, your your guy or, you know, your family, your People are working harder than they've ever worked right now to to just simply exist in hunting or in California and and the kind of onslaught, the daily onslaught. So their heads are buried in sand. So if you can give these people action that they can take, if it's emailing city council or you know whatever it is, but if you can get this large group to put pressure on politicians, there is something that I learned which I, I think is fairly universal, which is. 99% of politicians have one desire, and that's to stay in office. Hmm. And if you can endanger their fondest wish, you can control their path. And we have seen that time and time again. So what you know, what you do with these folks is simply not listen to the lies, you mm -hmm. know, the lips moving, and you tell them in no uncertain terms, look, you promised X, Y, and Z when you came in, we need you to honor your promise. Uh, or you tell them saying, look, the path you're on is unsustainable, not good for the town. You're going to have to change, or we're going to remove you, you know, one or the other, or we're going to put you in so much pain 
uh, via, you know, media, social media, whatever it is that you're, you're not going to be able to, you know, poke your house, your head out of your house. So it's that kind of thing where you just have to stay away from the inside game of politics, which I, I've been in both of it. I've been the outside, been on the inside. The inside's a different one because you've got to play by different rules and it's a little more constraining. Uh, and I, you know, I went through a whole cancel culture episode in 2016 because of my outside versus inside game. But uh, yeah, you, I mean, the outside is, is a pressure game. You know, you're putting pressure on these people to do what you tell them to do. And if they don't, then bad stuff happens. Mike, we're up against a hard break here. I want to thank you so much for being on the show this week, as well as your great work in, in Huntington Beach. And we're gonna, I'm going to talk to you about, or off the air, about that training program, because I think that would be very beneficial out here in, in our area. Mm-hmm. Uh, Franklin Roosevelt said that a nation of homeowners is unconquerable. And so there are social benefits to homeownership that far transcend just having a place, having a roof over your head. And I guess part of why the enemy wants to deny people the right and ability to own their homes. Stay tuned for our second half of Unite IE Radio with James Simpson, who has a great new book about Karl Marx. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that is accumulated in your bank account from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. Four, no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available. So if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free. So call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton. My co-host this week is Eric Stalter with Liberty Lap, and we'll hear more from Eric and about what his group is about. We're pleased to have back to the show James Simpson. He is a businessman, an author, uh, worked in the White House under Reagan and the first Bush, and... Uh, within the uh, Clinton administration, though he doesn't like to uh, admit that. The, uh, his first book that I read was The Red-Green Axis, the alliance between the Marxist communists and the Islamists to uh, destroy Western civilization. And even though they think that's an unlikely alliance, you know, the basic principle, my enemy's enemy is my friend. And uh, Jim's uh, latest book is Karl Marx, 
uh, the, about the man and the myth and why he's, he is still why he is relevant today. So welcome to the show, Jim. And um, we have limited time, so I'll just dive in and tell us why are we going back to talk about this man from the 1800s? Hey, Greg. Well, great to be with you, and Eric. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me, you guys. Um, <clears throat> well, it's very relevant because the left that it is carrying on out in the streets, everything that we see from the left today comes directly out of the mind of Karl Marx and his followers who carried his agenda forward. And, you know, they consider Marx as like an icon, uh, a human god who could do no wrong. And they believe that they are bringing forth this new utopia and they're going to create the new communist man. But in order to do that, they first have to destroy everything existing. And so, for example, we're talking about critical race theory, right? That's the big thing in school these days. Uh, Well, Marx said before he even wrote the Communist Manifesto, which was supposed to outline this utopian vision of the future, he said, we're not concerned about issues of the day. Our main concern is a ruthless criticism of everything existing. He said that before he wrote the Communist Manifesto. Now, in the Communist Manifesto, they spent most of their time talking about how they had to destroy everything in order to uh, level the, get, get everybody out of the way so that they could create this wonderful new future. Uh, and they were very, very uh, uh, short on the details of that future but they spared no expense talking about how they were going to destroy everything. And so in the early 20s, the Frankfurt School created in Frankfurt, Germany, it was actually called the School of Social Research, was a communist school dedicated to using Marx's idea of criticizing everything they created critical theory. And of course, critical theory criticizes everything existing, and everything existing in Western culture and society, because that's what their target was. It wasn't everything existing across the world. It was the West, specifically Christianity, uh, and our ideas about the rule of law, freedom, everything that makes this country great, because we were the people standing in the way of this wonderful communist future. And so criticizing everything existing. And then they came out with critical theory. And when they were taken out of Germany during World War II or before World War II, so they could uh, avoid being captured and tortured and killed by Hitler's men, they were transferred to uh, the Columbia Teachers College. John Dewey, the father of public education, also the inspiration for the Soviet (laughs) education uh, method, uh, had them brought over here, and they took up residence at Columbia Teachers College and began spreading critical theory. 
And that was in the 30s. And since then, communists of every stripe have come up with all kinds of critical uh, theories. And in specifically, Derek Bell, who was uh, former President Obama's favorite Harvard professor, came up with the idea of critical race theory. So that is the um, ancestry of what we see today. It came right out of the mind of Marx, and it was carried forward by all of his communist fathers, and then injected into our school system uh, through Columbia Teachers College, and later at Harvard, and spread through poison throughout all the Ivy League schools and most uh, universities. And interestingly, a follower of um, Derek Bell was a guy who created the concept of white privilege. And uh, he was another teacher. And so all of these things come, came out of the mar mind of Marx and all of his followers who brought these ideas uh, forward. I do want to make allow time for you to delve into, okay, now what do we do about all this? But you touched on this. Is Mark, communism was originally, it was going to be an economically based revolution, that the workers of the world were going to unite and overthrow their oppressors, but that didn't quite work out. So they've shifted in what's going to be the class and how to, and to more what we call cultural Marxism. Take a couple of minutes, if you would, to explain that transition. Well, you know, it's interesting transition because they recognized, you know, Marx never set foot in any factory. He never knew any of the working class. He had no idea what their lives were like. He was the spoiled brat, rich kid of a very wealthy German attorney. And, you know, this turns out to be a characteristic of all these top Marxists. Uh, Mao, believe it or not, was the son of the wealthiest peasant in the town. Uh, the Castro brothers were sons of a... Uh, wealthy plantation owner, Che Guevara. All these people were very wealthy, spoiled rat rich kids who thought they knew it all and were entitled to impose whatever they thought on the world and take whatever they thought they deserved from the world, which is everything. And so the, the truth of Marxism is it's really an operation run by a bunch of greedy, selfish grifters who want to have power and wealth uh, above all else. Now, so what do we do about it? Well, <laughs> we can do a lot of things. And in fact, we are doing a lot of things. But the last chapter of my book delves into that in great detail. And, you know, the thing is, we often think that, well, we have to go out in the street and protest and, you know, bang on doors and things like that. And of course, all that stuff is good to the extent that it gets any attention at all. But really, a more effective strategy is to just allow the left to be our best salesman. And they're proving to be right now because everybody, as you know, people are fleeing California you know, like it's ahead of the great 
earthquake or something. And it's because these people have just gone over the top with everything that they're trying to inflict on us. And most of us know it's all a lie. And so we have examples of people like Governor DeSantis in Florida offering this alternative of a state that is run sanely and efficiently and keeps things open, allows us to continue our lives as our nation has always done. And people are flooding there. People are all over the country protesting school boards that are trying to impose critical race theory, the LGBT agenda, all these things come right out of Marx. I don't have time to talk about it here, but I go into it in great detail in the book. And people all over the country are protesting that, and they are overthrowing these school boards and taking them over. And this is the kind of things we need to do. And I offer just a very, very long list of ideas like that that are very practical, very doable, and will allow us to offer an alternative that most sane Americans, all sane Americans, and I think most Americans, will lunge at, given how badly the left is destroying and ruining parts of our country, especially in the blue states. Uh, to the extent you can get, we can get that message to them. Dennis Prager had a column this week, and his thing, the number one thing you can do, and I agree with, 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 with Dennis Prager on this, is get your children out of the government-run schools now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as a grandparent, you can help that. You, may not, you can't force that on, on your children and the, your, over, your, over your grandchildren, but you can help. You can encourage it. You can help financially if you're able to do that. You can help with the homeschooling. If you're able to do that, yep. or you take it over. I know, I know a woman who used to be part of our group, and she dropped out of political activism to be the homeschooler for her grandchildren. Well, let's take that one step further. In a state run by constitutional conservatives who are responsive to our needs and our desires, I suggest that we make... Uh, education funding, usually made through property taxes, we make that portable. Absolutely. So if mm-hmm. you want to leave government and go to a private school, you take your taxes. Your with money you. goes with you. And if you decide to homeschool, you get a tax refund. Now, if imagine if any state legislature proposed that, how many people would just be out in the streets cheering for it? Well, yeah, Ed, school choice is very popular. Uh, Jim, we are up against a hard break here, so we're gonna we are gonna have to uh, call it a, you know call for the day. But I appreciate you being on the show, and your book again is "Who Was Karl Marx: The Men, it the is. Motives, and the Menace Behind Today's Rampaging American Left." You can find that on uh, various online booksellers, and uh, I, we strongly recommend it. Uh, again, thank you, Jim, and let's hear from our sponsor. All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this.
When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Had a great conversation with James Simpson, read his book on, on Karl Marx, who, by the way, was a, was a total mooch. Never worked a day at anything in his life, never produced anything. And he also touched on the, how this critical race theory and this anti-white Racism that is being promoted in, corpor- in corporate America as well as in the schools and the so-called uh, universities is a key part of the, this Marxist revolution they're trying to run of dividing people on classes of race rather than originally in communism, classes based on economics. And this past week, this example, there's lots of, there's lots of these examples, but this one really stood out for me. This was a psychologist who gave a talk at Yale School of Medicine. That's Yale University. It used to be one of the most prestigious universities, not only in the country, but in the world. And this woman's name is Aruna Kilanani, and she's a psychologist. And she gave a talk entitled, quote, The Psychopathic Problem of the White Mind, hmm. unquote. The psychopathic Problem. Yeah, we we got to deal with these psychopaths. Okay. And what nationality is she? Uh, look at her picture. She looks like she's of East Indian origin, but that the article uh, d- doesn't specify that. Hmm. So during her talk, she said, and I quote, I had fantasies of unloading a revolver into the head of any white person that got in my way. Wow. Burying their body and wiping my bloody hands as I walked away relatively guiltless with a bounce in my step like the, I did the world a effing favor and she didn't abbreviate effing, unquote. And it's got some traction in conservative media, but this at the folks at Yale School of Medicine thought this was just fine. To, to to talk about, and you can imagine, replace white with any other racial or ethnic group, and you can imagine the reaction. Oh, it'd be insane. It would, and she'd be gone. She'd be she'd be her license would be gone. She would be fired immediately. They would have censored this talk. It would it would never have been broadcast. Never would have been posted. The audience would have a, a, a the audience would have shuddered, and she would have been stopped right there on the spot mm-hmm. if she said that. And this is part of this communist Marxist takeover of dividing people along these lines and teaching people to hate the country, because part it's integral with hating white people is hating America and everything that Western civilization has been created. Now, I'm not saying that white people are solely responsible for America or Western civilization, far from it, but in the enemy's minds, they conflict those two things. Well, it's just a matter of convenience, right, to pick to pick white. They could have picked anything, but it seems more productive to pick white in this case, and, and it's a matter of convenience, I would think. It's just it, the, the goal is to divide us, tribalize us. 
Oh, it is. You know, and, and picking white just was a quicker way of getting there. And to play on, admittedly, there's always a, there's a, there's a history of, of racism. There's a history of slavery. That's part of history. Yes. It's not uniquely part of American history. Slavery right. has existed in every culture and every civilization around the world. So and something not- we've worked to rectify in this country, though. Sure. I mean, we've had the history. It's a poor history. We're all embarrassed of it. But we have worked as a country to rectify that. Yeah, if you listen to these people, it, it would be as if there had been no racial progress, no civil rights laws, that black people were, were oppressed and could not possibly succeed in America. Under and Joe think, Biden, they can't. Well, everyone, everyone <laughs> kind, of, kind, of, kind of has, 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 that, uh, has that level of, has that disability. But you look across, you, you just open your eyes. Minorities, blacks included, have succeeded in every walk of American life if you apply yourself, if you work hard, you study hard, you, you, avoid, you avoid drugs, get married before you have children. There's, there's basic, basic rules mm-hmm. that work. These traditional rules work. Mm-hmm. Hard work, applying yourself. Uh, it would be even better for you if, you're, if you believe in God and faith. Um, we are almost out of time now. At least for this segment, because I want you to have some time to talk about what you're doing in this great new group, Liberty Lap. Okay. Um, Well, thanks for having me. I really do appreciate it. Um, The Liberty Lap is a community-based organization, really. Um, We've got eight core values. They are seven, I believe. Uh, Community focus, family core values, uh, support for uh, veterans, uh, you know, law enforcement, things like that constitutional education, non-divisive patriotism, civic engagement, and raising community leaders. And those are the standards we believe uh, need to be put in place, basically, to to bring people up from the community to get involved. Um, it started because just basically out of frustration, Greg, uh, just listening to, talking to, reading all of what's going on in our country and being in a position where you really don't know what the tools are to accomplish something. Who do I go to to get to get involved politically? It's a rough game, right? So who do I go to, to do this? Who do I go to get involved with the community? And what do I do when I'm getting involved with the community? No. So what I was doing was just kind of lamenting with a friend of mine. Her and I were going back and forth, and we just decided one day, I called her and said, look, I, I want to get on the road and, and just throw the flags on the car, the American flags, and uh go on the road and she says well we're we're busy today but man that sounds like a good idea so half an hour later she calls me back and says we're in so we got our two cars and we called a few others we had five cars show up down at uh, park and ride and we took the freeway with our american flags next week we had five cars the next week we had 24 cars Next week, we had 52, and the following, which was a Christmas event, we had over 100. So we knew we were on to something. And, and this is what, in Ukaipa. This is in Ukaipa, yes. And so what we do is we, we meet for, just to describe the Liberty Lap a little bit, we meet prior to going on the lap. Uh, we have, uh, obviously, an opening prayer because it is important that we recognize God in all of this and, and his role in this and, and our... our uh, work that we need to do uh but anyhow we meet we we have a, a prayer uh some announcements a reading a constitutional amendment reading uh and some other things that go on and people just commune you know 
and then we go on our ride, and then typically afterwards people will get together. It's a positive approach. What we're doing uh, is we're standing for something, right? We're not we're not uh, protesting or rallying, and there is a place for protests and rallies for those that want to do them. But the Liberty Lap is more to stand for something, stand for non-divisive patriotism, stand for community service. Well, unfortunately, patriotism has become divisive, and that's a large, a large is either a symptom and or a cause of our current predicament. That's exactly true. It has it has become divisive. It's it's in rare occasions we don't we don't get much blowback. You know, we get a little bit uh, from every now and then somebody might flip us off. You know, show us the bird from their from their living room window or you know we had a gentleman yelling at us to go home one day as we were driving down the road so nothing too you know outrageous um people have opinions and what's funny is they're always uneducated opinions they're not they're not an opinion of what we're doing they're an opinion that's been that's been uh i was going to use a bad word that's been modified and put into their heads you know and and taught indoctrinated and now they don't even realize what the american flag stands for and they don't realize what we're doing for them so just by building the community up around them so we did have to your point there we did have a young lady um our first time ever after eight months of doing this we had a young lady try to protest us uh she brought her blm flag and some other signs and was accusing us of being racist it did not yeah you know you fly the american flag i guess you're a racist right but so it didn't work out well for her she she showed up alone because she knew darn well that that we would not do anything to harm her and she made her point and we made ours and everybody went away it was a peaceful it was but then what she did is she went and attacked my employment she went straight to my employer and filed a complaint and doesn't bother me personally because i know that that i'm going to do what i need to do to recover from that if if you know if it even bothers me but the bottom line is 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 these people are attacking people who they don't care what their situation is at home. They don't care that they're raising kids or, or, or maybe somebody's, you know, one of the other parents is at home sick with terminal illness or something. They just don't care. We don't have time. But okay. We're up against a hard break here, Eric. Thanks for being sure. on the show. But it's part of the intimidation. Yes. Is even if you don't get you fired, is it's a warning shot to you and to everyone like you that you might be if you don't toe the line and if you were to stand up and exercise your First Amendment rights. Thank you, Eric. We are up against a hard break here. Thank you for being on the show. And people can connect with your group at thelibertylap.com and on Facebook, The Liberty Lap. And they're a great group. And check them out. That's all the time we have this week. Tune in next week for another exciting edition. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. 
If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. California DRE ID number 1016. Arizona NMLS license number 0926439. Branch NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199. Arizona license number 0925837. Equal housing opportunity. AM 590. The answer.